The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, my friends? How is everybody doing? What a day, what a week. I hope you all out there having a wonderful little start to your week. Uh, this is the MMA Fighting Ranking Show. My name is Sean O'Shadi. I am joined by my co-captain on this venture. You know him. He is the Prince of Positivity. He is the King of the North. He is Alexander K. Lee, AK. My man, the fights, they're back. We're back. First pay-per-view of the year. It's in the books. We got the whole year ahead. You just love to see it. How you feeling today, buddy? Yeah, look, the fights are back. The rankings are and the most important thing is the rankings are back. The discussions are back. We did do a show. It's not technically our first show of the new year. We did do a the traditional airing of grievances. All the bad blood has been cleared out, I think. I, I don't know if we will butt heads over anything, frankly, for the rest of the year. I think that was the last airing of grievances we'll ever need to do. I think we're all getting along now going forward. And uh every show going going ahead, including today, I'm sure, will be will be controversy free. Exactly. We're all one big happy family again. Now let's uh let's ruin it a bit, you know? Uh but first, before we get into it, let's bring in the rest of the gang for today. Uh the brains joining us on this panel this month. First, the legal eagle himself. He is the co-host of No Bets Bard and Damn They Were Good. Apparently he's the Woody Page of MMA Fighting too. Uh this is news to me, but I'm here for it. He is your friend and mine, Mr. Jed Mishu. What's going on, Jed? I'm so excited about this. Uh I I got some problems with you people, uh, not you, Damon, not to bury the lead, but some other people on this podcast aren't letting me live my best life. And I can't wait to talk about that because they're, they're oppressing me listeners. They are oppressing me from all the best things. So get ready, buckle up. What a tease, what a tease. Uh, and of course the other half of this podcast or the panel, I should say my guy, he is the OG. He is the host of fighter versus writer. 
and he's probably riding pretty high right now after another big Cincinnati Bengals win. It's Damon Martin. What's going on, man? There's only one true number one on this entire podcast, and that is Joe Burrow. He is number one in the world. And before I go any further, let me just go ahead and say, who day, who day, who they think will beat them Bengals? It wasn't the Bills. All right, I'm done. <laughs> you feeling confident? You feeling confident going into KC? I am feeling pretty good. We're 3-0 and against Kansas City, and it looks like we're going to be facing a banged-up Patrick Mahomes, which, to be clear, I'd actually rather face a 100% Patrick Mahomes because that way there's no excuses. But, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. What? That's the what opposite you attitude. I think you should. That seems That's crazy. So, yeah. I am like, I, as people will know, and listen, I'm wearing the, twi- people can't see, I'm wearing the 2019 Raptors NBA Championship t-shirt right now as we record. Uh, I want my opposition as banged up as humanly possible. <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. Kevin Durant was in- is injured. Yeah. I don't care. Clay Thompson, glad he's back now. Okay. Back in 2019, got hurt pretty bad. I don't care. Whatever results in my team winning, that is the, that is what okay. I want. <laughs> You should be hoping for Chad Henney. You should be hoping for Chad Henney, David. Let me be clear. Let me be clear. I'm taking the high road right now, but if Sunday comes around and Chad Henney starts, I will be dancing in my living room. Trust me. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, man. Henney put together a 98-yard tutty drive, so watch against, out. Against the Jaguars. Just saying. Henney's like a Michigan guy, too, right? That makes me I hate him so. even more. Ooh. Oh, that's, that's true. true. There's like levels to this for Mr. <laughs> Ohio State over here, too. Yeah, I'm yeah. And Michigan's sports. never won a big game in their life, so you should really, really want him <laughs> to be the quarterback. Failures <laughs> <laughs> in that man's blood. <laughs> Good times. Good times. See, this is how I, this is why I like this podcast so much. So we mentioned the cycle. Uh, it was pretty busy. I mean, it was three UFC events. You also actually have to throw in the Bellator versus Ryzen show in there as well. But of course, the big one is the one we just came off of, the one we just finished, UFC 283. And I would say the biggest story coming out of that, of course, was the light heavyweight division. And what the hell do you do with the light heavyweight division, frankly? Um, this started off, This started our week off in a really interesting place because, AK, you put out our ranking shakeup piece for the website on monday and that is just sort of the one-off here's this one division here's where we think things stand and you pose the question in the headline jamal hill is a ufc champion does that make him mma's number one light heavyweight uh spoiler the answer for us was no jamal hill jumped up to from number 10 to number four but the response to this people were not happy with you ak um i was just rifling through some of the comments uh on twitter and on the website uh there's there's a lot of vitriol out there i mean you have here's one there's a champion and his name is jamal hill he's the number one light heavyweight and have showed his true colors against blackowitz i don't know what that means really uh you have others saying obviously jamal hill is like the, the the number one yes yes and most don't like it but it's true if not change the title of champion if you have the belt you are obviously at the top of the division dudes earned it all of these things Someone saying this is the strangest thing I've seen in MMA when it comes to how people react to a champion. Literally, someone argued to not call him a champ. What's going on? I'll just start here, fellas, and I'll throw it to anybody. I mean, did we handle this right? Jamal Hill at number four, and for context, above him are Yuri Prohashka, former champ, Vadim Nemkov, Bellator champ, and Magomed Ankalaev at number three. Did we yes. handle this right? Yes, this isn't close. Screw those people. If you're one of those people, take a deep look inward because 
We didn't, we're not calling him not the champ. He is definitively the champ. He is the man who owns the, I, the undisputed is not the right word, but it is the name of the title. He, that is his, not one of us are saying he is not the champion. We are saying he is not the number one light heavyweight in the world. That shouldn't be controversial. If you believe that he is, that's fine. We're not saying that like you're a thousand percent wrong. None of us believe that. And we shouldn't. I had Jamal Hill ranked 14 before beating Glover Teixeira. Full credit to that man. He beat the pants off Glover Teixeira. That was not a close fight and showed something. He leveled up. Good for him. Maybe he is the best light heavyweight in the world, but the proof of concept isn't out there realistically. Yuri won the belt. He will be my number one until he comes back and loses the belt. Vadim Nimkov has delivered exceptional performances against top dudes. Both of those two, well, I guess not Nimkov, but Yuri finished Glover a younger, probably more durable Glover, if we want to go that route. Uh, and Vadim Nimkov just beat Corey Anderson, who whipped Glover's ass. So it's there's nothing wrong with putting those dudes in front of him. And I've been standing Magomed Ankalaya forever. Uh, he didn't lose to Jan. I thought he beat Jan. I know it, it ended in a draw or whatever. But if you want to put Hill above either any of those men, it's not all the way wrong. I think putting him above Yuri is close to wrong but you're you're just on some real drinking the ufc kool-aid if you're like upset by this listen i think i think jamal hill deserves credit for what he's done lately you know his win streak is good you know taking out tiago santos for whatever is left of tiago santos uh you know taking out and just absolutely again beating the brakes off of glover to share very impressive but do we forget four fights ago he got knocked out by Paul Craig in like two minutes? I mean, that's not saying that he can't come back from that, but it, we can't erase the fact that it happened. And he didn't even get knocked out. He got his oh, arm yeah. like snapped yeah. in half, yeah. basically. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he, I mean, listen, I think, I think I ranked him number two. And even that I was struggling with because I was like, do I really want to put him above Ankle Live? And the only reason I did was because of how dominantly he beat Glover. And that's it. Like, again, I can't put him above Yuri. Yuri's got a better resume. Yuri's on a longer winning streak. Yuri has fought better opposition at the time he fought them. I mean, when he fought Dominic Reyes, you know, we thought Dominic Reyes was still potentially one of the best guys in the world. Of course, you know, maybe that's different now. He's had so much damage taken. But, um, yeah, Yuri's on a much longer streak. He has a better overall resume. Uh, he's number one. Um, and again, I struggle with whether or not I should put Jamal at number two or number three, because I have so much respect for Ankalaev. And I think in a lot of ways, Ankalaev to me is probably closer to Yuri in terms of talent and competition. But again, he also has a loss to Paul Craig very early in his UFC career. And he's rattled off like 12 wins in a row after that. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't understand the argument for number one. If, again, it's what Jed said to back up, uh, the great Georgia bulldog over there. Uh, if you're just putting him number one because he's UFC champion, then you're just you're just a stand for the UFC. You're not a stand for who is actually the best guy in the world, because just because you hold a UFC title doesn't necessarily make you the best in the world. Especially yeah. because this is such a fake UFC belt. It like, is. Be it's potentially the fakest 
it's potentially the fakest UFC belt we have had since like Nico Montagna. Yeah, that's not interim, right? Like belts, listen, belts are props. We say this all the time. Belts are props used by promotions for marketing. In the case of the UFC, not just the UFC, a lot of major promotions, they're used to control the fighter. They are, there's, you know, they give you certain, there's clauses in their contract that if you are a champion holding a title, the promotion has some degree of control over you. We just saw this play out with Francis Ngannou. Um, in the best case scenario, they serve as the culmination of seeing a great, great fighter climb to the top and win the title and, and solidify that they are the best in their division. We've seen that happen before. It's great when that happens. Th- this is not that. Uh, it, it was a, a great performance by Jamal Hill. He's on a, he's on a good run. Ever we've we've always talked about him as a future title contender. Uh, so so it wasn't like shocking to see him to see UFC gold around his waist. It's just the circumstances under which it has actually happened are are less than ideal. If we're having a discussion of oh well, does this make him the number one light heavyweight in the world? It's it's a silly thing. Um, you have to have a body of work. I feel you could even go back like Conor McGregor. Was Conor McGregor the number one lightweight when he beat Eddie Alvarez? This guy, did he? Conor fought once at lightweight in the UFC, right? That was it, right? That was just the Eddie Alvarez fight, right? Everything it was else, just the Eddie fight. Everything else, the Correct. Nate Diaz stuff was at the, the one thing Conor could claim was he beat the lineal champion at the very least. Conor could say, I, at least I beat the guy. I beat the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy. So that's the one thing. If you want to say Conor was literally the number one 155er back then, you could. So Jamal Hill doesn't even have that. He's not the lineal champion. He wasn't in a title fight as of two months ago. He was supposed to fight Anthony Smith. And then now he gets thrown this opportunity. Again, puts on great five-round performance. Uh, uh, no question, no controversy. Beats one of the top three light heavyweights in the world. Uh, but to say it makes him number one is just is is just so bizarre with Yuri. Even Yuri vacating the title was sort of a bizarre thing, given how we know the UFC loves making interim titles. So if Yuri had wanted to squat on that title, he could have. It's only through his, uh, you know, very uncommon decision to vacate that we are calling Jamal the "quote unquote" undisputed champion. Um, so it's it, 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 it goes to uh, Shaheen. The comments you're reading before were those from our website or from Twitter? Both. 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 Yeah, yeah. I, I also saw some of those, and it, and it just goes to show you how powerful the UFC marketing machine is. How uh, again, how 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 well it's established its brand and what the belt is supposed to mean, and also. If, frankly just how myopic some fans are that they just see guy has ufc belt he's number one he's the best this even though they know very well this was the third this fight this title fight was the third choice for the ufc somehow just because he has the belt that makes them number one in the world that ufc train is is very very strong uh and and uh, i guess i shouldn't be surprised but i'm a little surprised and still a little disappointed that that fans can't be more open-minded over who is actually mma's number one light heavyweight <laughs> My thing, I mean, I have a lot of things and I don't want to get too bogged down in this realistically, but maybe the people, the, the two parties in this example I'm about to give are different, but given the context and the fact that both of these arguments are made by mouth breathing lunatics, uh, I, I assume that they're overlapping groups, that their Venn diagram is a circle. Do y'all remember how much shit Daniel Cormier got for being a paper champion when they stripped John Jones? For like a pretty valid reason to strip a champion and nobody gave DC credit for being the real champion. But now your third pick to fight for a belt from a champion who fought in July and is going to fight again this summer and you just took the title from him for whatever reason. Like now this dude is undeniably the best. Come on, people. Like just don't be those people. 
You don't have to, you don't have to be upset by this. You just don't have to be upset by it. I would submit in that circumstance too, DC had a far, far better resume yes. than Jamal Hill currently does right now. Like it's not even comparable. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. And there's a listen. There is a world where Jamal Hill could earn that spot because Yuri keeps saying he's going to be oh, yeah. back sooner than later. But if he's out, you know, for a year, and and Jamal goes out there and beats, you know, beats Magomed and Goliath or beats you know Jan Blahovich or beats another one, you know, then he could potentially get there. But right now, he just doesn't have the overall resume. Uh, compared to Yuri, and that's not a knock on Jamal Hill. It's a compliment to Yuri Prohoshka, what he did. And Yuri, Yuri's been out at this point. Yuri's been out for six months. It's not like Yuri's been out for eighteen months or two years. He, he's been out for six months. Yeah. Yes, realistically, he may not fight again for another six to eight months. But again, you can't punish the guy because th- th- that's one of my issues with all the interim title talk, all the stupid stuff that comes along with that when they start crowning interim champions after six months. It's like, hold on now, how long are you actually to give this guy or girl to actually get ready to come back and fight again? It's ridiculous. So Yuri has been out for six months right now, or seven months, I guess, technically, since so it was June, his last fight. Um, and during that time, Jamal Hill picked up a, a big win. You know, I think Magomed and Kaliyev should have won, but it is what it is. Um, these guys all have a chance to fight each other and earn the number one spot. Just nobody's done that yet. Well, so a couple of things, right? I, to me, going back and looking at this, like, AK, what you said up, off the top of the adherence to the UFC structure and the way that sort of this is just ingrained in the culture of MMA, right? Like the UFC has done an incredible job of branding their champion as that's the best in the world at this given division. I think that's actually why it's, significant to have independent rankings like these right? to sort of be able to cut through that in situations where it's needed because i'll tell you what next month uh when if john jones wins or cyril gone wins we're gonna start hearing people say that cyril gone's the number one heavyweight in the world and we all know that that's actually not the case like that's something that is just in the culture and it permeates throughout mma and it's just it's it wasn't surprising to see the reaction but to see the i guess i I expected more of a, a counterbalance to what jed said of like the DC paper champ stuff was everywhere forever. And I expect to see a little bit more of that, I guess, and people backing you. Yeah. And it just and hasn't I been. I haven't seen it to that degree, which is surprising to me a little bit. I will say, though, to counter this, I went back and watched, rewatched that main event um, afterwards on Sunday. And I think, you know, in the moment, Jed and I, you, you, both you and I were on the post show and we were sort of reacting in the moment. And I think it was a lot of shock and surprise. It's sort of how this all played out and just kind of trying to make sense of it in the moment. I think it's fair to say that all of us in particular, probably you, I, and maybe a couple others of, a, of us on the panel significantly like underrated Jamal Hill and his potential. And I a thousand percent disagree with this. I've went back and rewatch it. He just looked so like watch any of his other fights and then that one. He, so he looked just took a leap. so much better. He very like, much took a he, leap. Yes. He was amazing on Saturday, and I will never take that away. That was as close to perfect as ever. But if you watch the rest of his career, none of that comports to what the hell happened on Saturday. He took 100%. a big leap. A hundred percent. And maybe now this is just who he is. And I think that's a potentially valid 
way for this to go Could right be. but also also though he was fighting a shop worn 43 year old glover share who just came off taking in in calculable amount of damage against yuri prohaska not too long ago but whatever like i'm not gonna take away anything from this dude we've seen said, this performance before cody garbrandt took a motherfucking leap when he fought dominant cruz and how did that work out for him afterwards like <laughs> it could go either way with jamal hill i have no idea i'm not willing to say he's not that's why i have him ranked in the top five yeah i'm just saying you know what it is <laughs> for transparency's sake I currently have Jamal Hill at five. I have Corey Anderson above him, Magomed Ankalaev, Vadim Nemkov, and Yara Prohaska. However, I will say, because I know that there is somebody right now at home listening to this who is screaming at us internally, there is a counter to all of this. So I will just play devil's advocate really quickly. Because if you look at Yuri Prohaska's UFC resume, and we keep saying, you know, he, Jamal Hill doesn't have the resume that Yuri does. I don't know that that's actually the case. I think we all just like Yiri, and he's just a very exciting and interesting man, and people mm. just generally enjoy him. Because if you look at his UFC resume, it's a knockout over Vulcan, Ozdemir, a knockout over Dominic Reyes, and beating Glover. That's it. You could, if you want to look even farther back, you have the Nemkov win. That was 2015. How much do we have to take that in stock? You look at Jamal Hill's UFC resume, it's Jimmy Crute, Johnny Walker, Tiago Santos, Glover. Those are actually ridiculously comparable resumes. And so I, yeah. is it fair to if for that person who's at home screaming, you guys don't know what you're talking about? Is that a fair counter to all of this? No. <laughs> I'm just like I, my argument is not based that his resume isn't there. It though that is tangential to the argument. If his resume was undeniable, then it's undeniable. His resume is not undeniable because frankly, nobody at light heavyweights is. And so then you're looking at who got the belt from who in a lineal fashion, who deserves it or whatever. And I'm not willing to dock Yuri because if Glover had won, I don't think a soul alive would argue that he was better than Yuri. They fought. We saw what happened. One of the best fights of all time, Glover was going to win. And then he didn't. And results do matter when there are results. That's why even my lunatic ass and the way I rank people, I don't just go like if, if a fight happens, I respect that it happened. Even if I think that it would go differently or whatever, like, and that that's the part that's really killed me. If Glover won that, nobody would be on this, this train of, well, Glover's the number one, but because for whatever reason, I really don't know because I, I don't think Jamal Hill's like that compelling. It certainly didn't seem that way. But people are on his on his team right now, and good for him if he can turn that into a fan base and become like a star and profitable. And he might be able to beat Erie. Like if if who he was on Saturday is who he is forever now, he's got a damn good shot against anybody that fights at two hundred five. But I saw one great performance over one very good dude, and I I moved him up accordingly because he he beat the guy that I had number four in the rankings or whatever. So that's what he gets. I, I also just want to say, I think Volkan and Dominic Reyes at the time, at least how he was perceived when Yeri beat him, are better wins than Tiago Santos, Johnny Walker, and uh, Jimmy Crew. Not like not like leagues better, like, oh, it's not even close. But like that to me is part of what gives Yeri the edge as those wins, I think, were perceived as better at the time than um, than uh, Jamal Hill's wins. And I, and I would wager not this is not like taking a shot at any of our panelists, but I think in just through history, like where Jed, you like to you 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 do a bit of feelings in your rankings. Like you know, you oh, don't necessarily so it's not always, he's a big um, feelings guy. He's a big vibes guy. I would say I'm, I'm all I would about say the vibes. I'm, 
Yeah, I would say I'm probably the most results oriented ranker. Is that fair to say? Like I tend to no, you know, rank no, a- AK is. Okay, so I'm behind. I think, AK. I think there's a there's a healthy myself amount. And, you, and Steven, you Morocco and Steven, AK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, okay. So well, us, yeah. us three, we're we're very results based. Okay, so but even in that regard, um, again, results matter. Four fights ago, he lost to Johnny Walker, or excuse me, to uh, to uh, Paul Craig. Paul I mean, Craig, that yeah. doesn't get that doesn't get a race just because he had four great. He did. He had four quality wins. The Johnny Walker win looks better now. The Johnny Walker's on a two fight win streak, but again, Tiago Santos, what's that dude got left at this point? I mean, I I I feel terrible. He had enough to win a three round fight. <laughs> All I'm saying, that was a yeah. three round fight. Tiago Santos is the victor. Yeah. So I mean, you know, he beat a he beat a Tiago Santos who isn't quite the Tiago Santos that he was a few years ago. Um. You know, he beat Jimmy Crute. Uh, Jimmy Crute is a decent prospect, not really a top 15 guy, though. Um, and again, you know, that's not I'm not trying to discredit him. I'm just saying when you compare that resume to Yuri Prohoshka, it's just hard to stack them up. And again, I felt anim- I felt like like really I felt like should I put him above Ankalaev? I struggle with that decision. And as we're talking about, I'm like, you know what? I kind of might regret that discussion. So we're talking about it right now because that's how close it is. But not number one. Two, three, four. I think those are all valid rankings. Number one can't go. That's a bridge too far. Oh, the other thing about Jamal is everyone he beat, those three names you beat, they were all coming off of losses. Not that's like the worst thing in the world, but they were all coming off of losses. Jimmy Crew was coming off a loss. Johnny Walker was coming off a loss. Tiago Santos was coming off a loss. Glover was coming off a loss. I think that's a valid loss as well. Was OSP coming off a loss? At least Volkan was coming off a win when he when Yuri beat him. OSP coming off a loss? I don't know. And also, if we count if we count pre UFC fights, which we do, which it does factor into our rankings, I would think then it's not even. I don't think it's close. I don't think it's very close. Also, just for transparency's sake, for the audience. Uh, this might be like AK's spiciest ranking I've ever seen yeah. him do in like a year and a half. Do this because like <laughs> I'm ready to talk. About talk about it. You you go ahead. I'll give the floor to you. Like you have him at yeah. number eight, yeah. which was by far the lowest of yeah. anybody on the website. So I'll just give you a minute here. Uh, I jumped what? him up from fourteen to eight, so six spots, pretty sizable. Jump. God, I respect maybe, you so maybe, much. Right maybe now, not okay. as sizable as you would want for someone who is now holding the uh, in a quote unquote undisputed title in the number one promotion in the world. First of all, disclaimer, I talked about this on to the next one. Probably, I'm probably saying this, but every time I bring up Jamal Hill and have to talk about him, it, it, uh, his his behavior, it, listen, it factored into my ranking. I, I will fully admit there is there is now a personal bias. I, I hated his reaction to the Dana White, uh, at, uh, you know, the New Year's Eve incident, Dana White slapping his wife. If anyone doesn't know, Jamal Hill, you know, went on social media and just vehemently defended uh, a man's right to strike a woman. If, if, if a woman strikes them, he's like, oh, it's, it's fair game. Um, and listen, I'm not going to go into a whole political thing about this. I, I don't know how people I, – I am staunchly against. Uh, just Let's just lay that out there. I think we all are. Uh, there's a lot of factors why a man should never hit a woman. Um, I'm, screw all those hypotheticals. People throw out, oh, what if a woman's coming to the knife? Or she, she, she's like she, – someone someone sent me like, what if a woman's like murdering your dog? Would you punch her? Then? And I'm like, these are such insane specific scenarios you have to come up with to justify this. Just think about that. Anyway, uh, so Jamal Hill's whole stance on that. Again, none of these tweets deleted. I won't go over people. You can go and see his reaction. Just atrocious, horrible, horrible things to say about the topic of domestic violence. Uh, so I admit I, I'm somewhat compromised when it comes to ranking Jamal. Now, now again, I'll say I have him behind at eight. You're right. Uh, Phil Davis, Alexander Rockich, Corey Anderson. Those are the, the three directly ahead of him. And, and I still feel comfortable putting them there. If we're just talking objectively, I'm being very unfair to Jamal Hill, uh, objectively speaking, because if Glover hadn't retired, 
at worst, I would have bumped Glover down to maybe five, and then and then Jamal Hill would have just leapfrogged over him. So the fact that I have the luxury of being able to remove Glover from the rankings because um, he retired, it doesn't look as funny. I, like it doesn't look as funny as odd as it would be because I wasn't going to drop Glover below Rocket. I wasn't going to drop him below. So there's a bunch of circumstances that are going into me putting him at eight. I'll also add in sort of the Jed Mishu thing of like, do I think? How do I think these fights would go? I like Phil Davis's chance against Jamal Hill. I like Alexander Rockage's chance against Jamal Hill. I like Corey. All three of those guys, no, none of those guys, I would I would say it's like, oh, Jamal Hill clearly beats those guys. I, I so I will defend it in that way as well. But I will fully admit there is a personal bias I have against him. So if anyone wants to discredit my ranking of Jamal Hill based on that, that's yeah. perfectly fine. I, I I totally accept that. Um, but I also think that. I need to see more. I, I just don't. I also don't think his resume really is that strong. This was such a unique circumstance under which he got this title shot, and he's got a strong body of work. As I said, he could be number one by the end of the year, depending if he gets a fight with Prohaska, gets a fight with Blahovic, gets a fight with Ankalaya, beats any of those guys, shooting right up. All right, because he looked fantastic in the cage on Saturday. That's one of the best challenger performances I've seen in a long time. It was awesome. But again, personal factors, how I think he'd fare against the guys I have ahead of him. And uh, I just need to see a little bit more of that resume. But he, he's well on his way. I have no problem with the consensus number four ranking. Just personally for me, hasn't done enough to jump all the way from 14 to top five. Not enough for me. But AK, here's a question. What mm-hmm. would you do if your wife was bitten by the cordyceps infection <laughs> yeah. and turned uh-huh. into one of the last of us? What would you do okay. then, AK? I mean, and, what and would that, you do and, then? And, you know, again, in that case, it's fair game. You know what? Jamal Hill was right. <laughs> Jamal Hill was right. I... Uh, <laughs> By the way, The Last of Us is tremendous. I've really, it is. really enjoyed this so far. Like, I'm a big fan of the games, and they have nailed it. Uh, last thing on this, and then we'll move on because we have a lot of other stuff to hit tonight, uh, today. Very weird situation, as you said, AK. I mean, this is maybe the one most bizarre division I can remember seeing in, in quite a while. What's just one, just one word answer? What's the next step? Who's the, who's the next guy you're throwing in? For Jamal Hill right now, if they're booking, if you're booking this division, because it does seem like Yuri's probably, he, even he said today on uh, a Monday on the MMA hour, like just keep it moving without me. I'll come back when I can. Uh, what's the move? You got Anthony Smith, you got Magomed Ankalaev, you got Jan Blachowicz. Those seem to be the main three. Where are you going? Uh, I, I'd like to see the Ankalaev Blachowicz. Like first of all, that get run back first, and then Jamal Hill fight one of them. It, it, assuming if Yuri is ready to come back, he's obviously the number one choice. If he's needs to take more time. I know he keeps saying he's going to come back as soon as possible, as soon as possible. If that's not possible, I don't know why they haven't already got the gears in motion for for Jan and Ankalaev too, but I say book that and then whoever wins, there's your there's your number one contender for uh, for Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill versus Megaman Ankalaev. Do it now hmm. because if you run back Ankalaev, Blahovich, you're delaying things by another six months and mm-hmm. then by then you're running into the confusion of Yuri coming back. Just book Ankalaev. Most people believe he won. Let him fight Jamal Hill and keep the division moving. And maybe by the time that one's passed, we can get Yuri back in there. Yeah, it's Ankh Uh That's like the reasonable one. I think you just do that. Blahovich can fight Anthony Smith. Uh, and for the next next in line, assuming Yuri comes back. Because the other part of Yuri, like his timeline is timelines get fucked up. He could re-injure himself at some point. Knock on wood. Don't want that to happen. But you can't just bank on him coming back in August. So... And Goliath's the dude, put him in there. Unless, unless we want to have some fun with Jailton Almeida. 
Straight to the Ooh, top, baby. Yes. Immediate title yes. shot. Thank you, I would accept Jailton Almeida or, frankly, as dumb and ridiculous as this would be, Alex Pereira. Either of those two men, <laughs> if they booked it tomorrow, you will not hear me say that it's bad. <laughs> I will say that it's surprising and not deserved in any regard, but that it's awesome and that I can't wait to give them $85 or whatever the cost of pay-per-views is now. <laughs> he gave him a look. You guys saw that going around. Feel zoomed in. The look he gave he gave Jamal Hill a little look during the post fight kind of handshakes, team handshakes. He gave he gave Jamal a little look. That's it. You can build a whole promo mm. around that one look. Mm. Oh my God! Can you imagine Glover's protege, middleweight champ? Can you imagine Alex Pereira Alex being Pereira, double two division champion <laughs> two years ago? Nobody in MMA knew this dude. <laughs> In like God. his fifth UFC fight, which would be hilarious. It would rule. In like his seventh MMA fight or something. And by the way, if, if that uh, happened, I'm not putting Alex Pereira in the top five either. I'll tell you the flight heavyweight. Either. He will get. That's how people will know I'm being fair. If he if he wins the title from Jamal Hill, he'll be like number six. I won't put him in the top five. Come Here's on, what thing. are you doing? That that's how people know I'm being fair. Says the guy who just talked for five minutes about how about not blatantly fair. unfair he's being. Oh no, uh, I'm just getting ahead of the. I'm getting ahead of the criticism. That's all. AK, I'm with you, but Pereira would be my number one pound for pound fighter. So it would okay, be a, that's true. a wonderful dichotomy. <laughs> just to close this circle, I'm actually going to go a different direction than all y'all. I actually kind of like the Anthony Smith conversation now. That wasn't something I was thinking about on Saturday when we were doing the post show. I was hearing the guys on the MAR discuss it, and I actually kind of don't hate it. Here's the problem. If Smith wins, I'm going to rank him like 10. So then we're going to have this. That's what this division is. That's what this division is, man. That's what this division is. The UFC created this monster. They got to deal with it. Anthony's got, I love Anthony, but he's got to get a win before he gets a title shot. I mean, he what just lost to Ankolaev, and yeah, you got to get a win there. Give him Blahovich. I like the idea of him and Blahovich, Ankolaev, Jamal Hill, and wait for Yuri to come back. What will you guys do if Anthony Smith beats Jamal Hill and Yuel Romero beats Vadim Nemkov? Oh, is, is that fight still happening? No, that's no. not happening. No, that's not happening. As Nemkov has a new opponent. AK, if Yoel Romero wins a single fight over a ranked person, he's number one in my oh heart. Oh, my gosh. In my rankings. <laughs> Nemkov, okay. Nemkov wasn't ready for February 4th. You know, he just fought okay. like two months ago. And they just, okay. they just randomly announced his fight as he's standing in the cage after a <laughs> oh, yeah. five-round fight with Corey Anderson. Like, uh, what? I'm fighting Yoel Romero in like two months? Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for asking, guys. Oh, uh, man. Well, let's move on uh, from one big piece of UFC 283 to the other. And then that is, of course, the flyweights. Fellas, we finally have some sort of uh, consensus around this flyweight division. We finally have some resolution with Do this we? series that is basically taken up uh, <laughs> in the past sure like, consensus. year and a half. I guess I mean in the UFC sense, not in a broader sense. Gotcha. But in the UFC uh-huh. sense, there is a consensus champion. This series that has taken up a year and a half, if not more, longer, uh, is finally over. Brandon Moreno wins it. 2-1-1 is how that series goes with Divas Figueredo. And actually, we have a new number one on our website as well. Brandon Moreno taking that top spot from Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse no longer. Uh, the way it, the voting actually played out was split. You had four piece for each man. Uh, but Brandon takes the top spot on points. Jed, is this the right move? That's fine. Um it's the right move in that we'll have fewer people yelling at us in the comments about uh, having a non-UFC champion be the number one fighter in the world, I guess. Uh, 
for transparency, I have Moreno number two. I have DJ as my number one. I know we're split down on that. I don't have any issues with putting Moreno. Uh, for me, it's if you're going like overall career resume, DJ certainly has a better one. But if you're talking recent history, certainly the way that shakes out, Moreno just has a better one. I think I personally believe he has beaten Figgy three times now. Um, though I thought he lost the first one. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, I think he's going to hold, I've been on record a lot, so we don't need to dig into this. I think Moreno is the best flyweight in the world. That's not Demetrius Johnson. He's going to hold this belt for some time and build a real legacy. The talk about him being, you know, the second greatest flyweight ever or whatever. I think that is wholly unearned at this point, but dude, who's having that conversation? A ton of people. Oh, the, the they were like Figgy Moreno are two and three in the flyweight conversation behind DJ. That oh. was definitely a thing coming into two eighty three. That's just yes. recency bias. That's yeah, just recency bias. Come well, on. Yeah, that's how the the UFC forgets anything that hasn't happened within the last three months. <laughs> um, or if you're some people, they forget anything that hasn't happened in the last three weeks. So, you know, moving on. If you have Moreno number one, that's fine um, because he'll have the opportunity to continue beating top talent, whereas DJ is going to fight Adrian Ronald Marais again, and then then that's really the extent of it. But as big a fan as I am Moreno, you guys know my policy, who I think would win in a fight. That's like the main guiding principle. And I feel as confident as ever that Demetrius Johnson would beat Brandon Moreno as good as Moreno looked on Saturday. I still just feel really good about DJ's chances in that matchup. So Johnson's going to hold the top spot for me, at least for a little while. Here's the thing about this division and any division where a non-USC champion is near the top. The problem they're going to continue having is lack of top competition over time. I put Brandon Moreno number one because he beat Devis and Figueredo, who I think I had number three or four. That's a big win, and that leapfrogged him. Now, I will say, if Demetrius Johnson, if we're going to still rank Demetrius Johnson as a flyweight, I won't get on my soapbox about why I don't want him as a flyweight, but that's neither here nor there for now. If we're going to rank him as a flyweight, and he goes out and beats Adriano Marias a second time in May, I'll probably put Demetrius back at number one again. And then he's kind of reached the ceiling because there's not really going to be other matchups for him in one championship that are going to allow him to stay there while Brandon Moreno is potentially fighting Alexander Pantoja or Manel Kopp or Mateus Nicolau, guys who are also in the top five, six, top six range. It's the same problem over a long term that Francis Ngannou is going to run into. Francis Ngannou is clearly the number one heavyweight in the world. He'll remain that way for a while, but if John Jones goes out there and washes Surreal gone, which I truly believe is what's going to happen. It is going to get ugly in a hurry, and I don't see that fight making it very far. Oh, Ooh, I, I, I would love to take a side bet. I would love to take a side bet with you on that. So, John we'll, Jones, we'll discuss off air. We'll discuss yeah, John, off air, but I John want Jones, in on a side bet on John this. John Jones beats Cyril Gone. That puts him in the conversation because he's already had such a legacy light heavyweight, and he just beat one of the top, you know, top uh, heavyweights. But if he goes out there and does that and then does the same thing to Sergey Pavlovich, does the same thing to, uh, you know, one of the other top guys of the division, then, you know, John's going to make that argument. And and the problem is Francis beating Ante Delizia or whoever else he's going to fight outside the UFC is not going to keep him in that spot. DJ's in the same in the same boat. So right now I have Moreno number one. DJ could jump back into number one and beating Adrian Marias. But then at that point, he's kind of out of options unless, you know, a lot of guys leave the UFC and start fighting over in one championship. What if Francis, what if Francis goes out and beats Tyson Fury in a four ounce glove steel cage boxing match? Come on. Hey, 
When Francis knocks out Luke Rockhold, I'm going to move him to number one pound for pound, <laughs> and it's going to be magical. I also I also noticed when Damon's running down like potential wins that John Jones could have, like oh if he beats you know Cyril and then beats whoever Parker Porter. Uh, I noticed uh, Jelson Almeida's. Oh, he's already beaten Parker Porter. I noticed uh, Jelson Almeida's name wasn't in there. I'm just saying there. That's uh, that's something to look for. Number one at heavyweight. That's, 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 that's a different, that's a different conversation. I think John Jones has a great shot against Jelton Almeida. Frankly, I don't think anyone has a great shot against Jelton Almeida. I'm loving Anyone all this on, jail on the talk. planet. You know, I'm loving well, all this well, jail yeah. talk. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about this. I just, yeah, I, I, I like Brandon. Uh, I, I was great. It was great to see him win. I had Figgy number one, I think, before. So it was just, yeah, a matter of well, he. I had them kind of splitting the one and two spot for a while. I think. Uh, I don't know if I ever. Did I put DJ number? I don't know if I did. I don't think I ever hopped in the DJ number one uh, train. I think I always had them behind. Uh, Figgy or Moreno because listen uh, whoever has the UFC belt is the number one person in the world I think we established that at the top of the show so uh, no you know no no discussion for me Damon if you looked at this matchup if the UFC signed Demetrius Johnson tomorrow and just threw him in there against Brandon Moreno who are you picking who are you favoring in that uh, I still favor Demetrius Johnson to beat every flyweight you know, in the world. I still think he is the in terms of talent and terms of skill he's still the best guy in the world but again his even just, at age 36, even, like yeah. he's getting up there, man. He's sneaky I still old. Think he's, I, really still think, I, I still think he's there. Now, again, you know, time time will catch up to everyone eventually. Um, but right now, I think Demetrius Johnson's still that dude. He just, again, he's running into a lack of better competition outside the UFC, and it will eventually come back to haunt him. But for now, yeah, I still pick him to beat Moreno, and I still think he's, you know, talent-wise, the number one guy in the world. He just, unfortunately, doesn't have his resume's waning a little bit now because Moreno now has two wins over another top two or three guy on top of all the other wins he has in his career. So yeah, right now it's, 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 a clo- it's a close race, but I'd still pick Johnson to beat him. I'm really confident in DJ. I would be less confident in DJ versus Figgy because Figgy is bringing like Figgy's bringing that power, which when we saw Adriano Marais fought great and he has, he has a super weapon but Moreno super weapon is conditioning and being really, really smart. And guess what? Uh, DJ is exceptional. Maybe the best that's ever been in both of those categories. Like I, you have, if you're going to be DJ, you have to bring a superpower. And I don't think Moreno's lined up very well. I- I'd feel pretty good about DJ in that fight. I-, I think if Johnson came to the UFC, I just don't think, I think you end up what you have with almost with Moreno and Figure, where it's like, if you run it back a hundred times, you not, no one's going to have a massive advantage in the series. I think if you did a hundred fight series with him and Moreno, it's whatever, whoever you think is going to win. It's like 53, 47, 52, 48. If you do it with Figgy, same thing. I think those three are so are pretty far ahead of the pack. We do have some great names coming up. We mentioned Pantoja, cop guys like that, but right now they're so far ahead of the pack and I find it hard to separate them. So I've just gone for me, I guess the big decider was like the quality of competition, which Damon has touched upon. It's just so, so high in the UFC right now. And, one championship's flight rosters isn't quite there. What a story that would be, though. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't know if people remember, but Brandon Moreno's start in the UFC came on the Ultimate Fighter season where people were competing to face Demetrius Johnson for the title. And Brandon Moreno was number 16 in a field of 16. <laughs> if he if, if he was able to be that one, that flyweight who finally beat DJ in a resounding way, not in a Suhudo way, but like in a real way. Oh, my God. I wish we could see it. 
I really do wish we could see it because I would pick DJ as well. And that's ultimately why I still have him at number one, but I would not feel confident at all. Brandon Moreno has so far exceeded every possible expectation I have. His and now whole career has been wild. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and now working with a guy like Saif Sawad, who I have immense, immense respect for, like he looked monstrous out there on, on Saturday. I yeah, wish for- we could see that. Do you guys remember his first UFC fight coming off tough when he was like a massive, massive underdog to lose Smoka, who at the time was like hot shit, and he just taps him because he's the number 16 pick, and he got ripped through by pants on the show? And you're like, oh, this guy sucks. He's just getting a tough contract because that's how tough goes. And then Smoka was like the number like 10 dude in the world or something, and he just tapped him. This guy's career has been insane. It doesn't make sense. He was a plus 385 underdog. I just looked it up. Louis Smolka. And then like number 60 on the show and then ripped off three wins over like ranked dudes. It was wild. Again, 2019, he's not even in the UFC. Like we've, we've talked about it at length over the years, but it's just, it's wild how quickly this stuff happens. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. All right, we are back. Three-person party here for these next few topics. Damon had a run. He was scared of my takes. He didn't <laughs> want to be privy to these takes coming up. No, I told I told him that the next part was going to be talking about whether Demetrius Johnson was a 125 or a 135, and he he immediately ran. <laughs> he, he's like, you know, he was like, ooh, you know what? I got a thing. He's like, I got, I got, I love. He's like, I'd love to have this conversation for the the ninth time on this show slash like on Slack slash in private slash. We've discussed it many, 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 many times in many permutations, and he's like, but I just gotta run. I've just gotta. Run. Think about how much of our lives has been taken I up try not to. by that conversation. And, and most of all, stupid one always, always, always ended back at zero. All the times we... I think we never, never ever resolution. Never we have resolution. meetings. To peel back the curtain, we literally have meetings about this to like resolve this very uh-huh. issue that goes nowhere for hours. 
Frankly, I am proud and impressed of us for not mentioning it as much as we could have in that yes. past segment. Yes. I think we all did a really great job, guys. Well we're, we're growing up. Good work. <laughs> it's growth. Growth in front of your eyes. Uh, well, let's keep going. We have a couple other rapid fires we're going to throw out here, mainly hitting uh, UFC 283, but also just kind of dancing around. But we've already mentioned him first a bunch of different times on this show. You know I'm loving it every time we're mentioning it. I feel like this guy's become my new Tony Ferguson, uh, which, by the way, I finally took Tony Ferguson out of the lightweight rankings for you this this cycle, Jed. Yeah, I didn't. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed. I, I noticed, AK. Didn't, didn't move you're an not, inch. Didn't you're not alone. You're not alone. Anyone, anyone who listened to the airing of grievances, the most heated topic of the airing of grievances, let me tell you something. No change. No change. Look. <laughs> You know, it, it boggles my mind that Tony Ferguson still has multiple top 10 votes, but that's the world we live in. So, OK, I look forward I'll, to you doing the same with Jailton Almeida. Someone in outside the top 10 beat him. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> beat him. I was I was holding Take on. Spot. I had him at 14. I had him at 14 for a long time and I just I had to give up the ghost. I couldn't do it anymore. Uh Yes, but Jailton Almeida, he is my new Tony Ferguson. He is my new thing. I, I I'm so all in on this guy. I We've said it a bunch on the on the post-fight show and just very other various other shows we do here on MMA fighting but he took a big leap for us just this month coming off of UFC 283 he jumped from number 13 up to number nine with his win over Shamil Abdurahimov and now I think there's a very interesting sort of situation that we are approaching as it becomes very apparent to a lot of people that this is someone who's going to be in a title conversation for a while, like moving forward, like this is a real guy. We need to start taking him seriously and we need to start figuring out what exactly is going to happen with him. He's he wasn't a heavyweight until all of a sudden he just kind of started doing these catch weights and now he's just hasn't lost. And so he is a heavyweight. I argued in my post fight column that I, you know, I, I came into this fight uncertain still as much as as high as I am on him, uncertain about his ability to beat the elite heavyweights who are the giants, the Curtis blades out there, the Francis and obviously that doesn't count anymore, but just those type of guys who are pushing 260, 265. How could someone who's 230 beat them in this capacity? And then he comes out and just tosses Shamil. Like he was tossing a toddler around around the cage. Like that to me was very impressive. I still have some of those doubts. I still wonder whether a guy like Curtis blades is the glass ceiling for Jailton, but I, those doubts are a lot quieter to me. That proved a lot to me over the weekend where are you seeing Jailton's future like is this a heavyweight is this light heavyweight is this both like what is going to happen with this man because it feels like every, the options are open he's a heavyweight right now uh, I tell you I did I did question it I did say why is he doing this I think he was supposed to fight at light heavyweight at UFC 279 I'm not mistaken before uh he had, oh no he was supposed to fight oh he's supposed to fight Shamil that's right I forgot so it was a heavyweight fight and it's then he ended up fighting the pleasure man uh anton turkali so uh you know it turned out for the better but yeah no that was the question listen as much as i have been bigging him up wins over danilo marquez uh the illustrious park reporter and the pleasure man uh do not make you a top you know top 10 heavyweight i i understand that i understand that and shamil abdurakimov is not a ranked heavyweight anymore he was for a bit he's probably not in his primes getting a bit near the end but the size thing was a big factor shaheen as you mentioned it was glaring on way in day shamil abdurakimov coming in 263 pounds healthy heavyweight uh and uh, uh almeida coming in 232 230 uh, 232 31 pound difference and you could not tell once they actually stepped into the cage because Almeida picked him up and slammed him within the first minute it was such a statement move 
will he be able to do that to the Curtis Blades of the division, the uh, the Romanovs? I don't know. I don't know. But I could believe it. I think we're at the point if he if he picked up uh, Blades, amazing wrestler. If he did that to Blades, I somehow I'd be impressed. I'd be if he did like that to seal. Curtis Blades. I'm calling him the heavyweight goat right but there I on believe- the spot. That's ridiculous. I, I, I'll tell you right now. Uh, so the range we have for Almeida in our rankings was anywhere from six to thirteen, and I bumped him up from where I had him before, but only up to number nine. So I still am outside. It's just outside uh, the best of the best of the best. I I'm almost regretting. I just didn't put him higher. There's a part because the people I have ahead of him, uh, directly ahead, uh, Alexander Volkov, Tom Aspinall, I would very confidently pick Almeida to beat both those guys. Uh, Derek Lewis is there too. I would also Whoa. pick Almeida to beat him. Hold but, on. You would confidently pick him to beat Tom Aspinall, a healthy I'm, Tom Aspinall. I, don't know I, th- I just thought mean, Jed like, almost jump out of I'm, his chair when you I'm said I'm willing that. to say he'd beat him if Tom Aspinall's ACL is still torn. Sure. I, I, am I wouldn't so, confidently pick him if that man this, has working knees. I, I am so impressed by Almeida. This guy, again, this guy captures my imagination. I would love to – I've told people he should be on standby for the gone John Jones fight. If, if, if that – God forbid that fight should fall apart. You throw Johnson Almeida in there. And I am not counting him out against either of those guys. I am that impressed. I really think whatever division he decides to fight in heavyweight or light heavyweight, heavyweight at the moment, he's going to be a UFC champion. This He is a force. Uh, I said on Fight Night, uh, I tweeted this. Imagine Damian Maya with wrestling and ground and pound. That is what this guy is. And and I didn't even mention, and also like very high level athleticism. Jed, that's a whole other discussion we sort of had also regarding Jamal Hill and, and a number of other fights we had. But yeah, uh, you add in some some really, really... Uh, high level athleticism and this guy I, I don't think anyone's going to beat him anytime soon okay let me be the voice of reason okay here. bring us down I'm, bring us I back yeah, yeah okay i am <laughs> stunned that i'm this man please and because you still have the highest you are six i said six you, to yeah, you, you, six. you currently you do, do have six. Six. i was okay. about to say as i get into this i want it to be note i have him number six okay. heavyweight uh i stand by it feel a lot of that is <laughs> The heavyweight is a top-heavy division. Mm-hmm. There are like five good dudes in it, and then there are some bodies. You do have you and, have below Tommy Aspinall. You were saying you you, you wouldn't yeah, be confident. I, so you do have him below Aspinall. Yeah, I would be pretty confident in Tommy Aspinall from okay. what we've seen to win that fight. Uh, but I have him above Ty Tuivasa and Derek Lewis. It wouldn't shock me if either of those men did beat him. But I think that I certainly Derek Lewis. I feel better than Ty Tuivasa, but I have some concerns just. With how quickly, uh, and I know Sergey Pavlovich, Sergey Pavlovich, but Sergey Pavlovich couldn't knock out already old um, homie. That gave me why well, I can't. I don't know why it is taking me so long to think of Alistair Overeem's name. <laughs> and so, yeah. like, I just have some. I have questions about where Ty is. He's taking a lot of damage in his career. Whatever, but I have him at six just because, in general, there are five good heavyweights, and then there's the rest of them. I think Jailton is potentially a sixth good heavyweight but the hype train on this dude is un bring us back down bring us back right down now. talk me down talk me down i'm, on I'm, it. I'm willing to hear it i'm in the, I'm I'm in so the front car i'm in the front Look, car he maybe he is what everyone hopes that he is and that would be awesome but it is Honestly, it's a little bit like Francis Ngannou's rise, where we actually didn't see shit from Francis by the time he fought Stipe. We saw that he had ungodly power, and that was it. Like, he just ethered everybody so quickly that we didn't see depth to his game. 
And then he fought fought Stipe the first time. I was like, oh, actually, he doesn't have any depth to his game. His game was exactly what we saw on the page. And that was good enough to be the second best dude in this division. But there was a guy with depth who was durable and had a good game plan. And that's it. And I have very similar vibes with Jailton. We have seen nothing. We have not seen a breadth of takedowns from it. It is a power double, clean finish, clear the side, go to work. That's a great strategy. At some point, the rubber meets the road. I think that that rubber is where I've cut him off here at heavyweight specifically. The conversation at light heavyweight gets very, very interesting because they are... I want to believe and I are both nodding our heads so vigorously. I want to believe in my heart that light heavyweight is better than heavyweight because that feels like it should be right. But that division is so bad. And frankly, ain't none of them are good wrestlers like Glover Teixeira. God love him. Underrated technician, great fighter. A lot of his late career success came from being like a competent wrestler with a great top game. And apparently being impossible to knock out despite his advancing age. Like that's Jailton can do that. Jailton can be, Hey, I'm a competent wrestler with a smothering top game. So that was good enough to get Glover the belt. (laughs) So like that could very well happen a light heavyweight. I do still have some concerns just about having him show anything else even a single leg entry instead of a double, like something that if somebody can just keep their hips clear on him, okay, I got to go, go to something else. I think at heavyweight that will manifest itself. Like, I don't think Tom, he can't do what he has shown to Tommy Aspinall. Now, if there's more parts to his game and he can chain wrestle, you know, a failed double goes to a reshot to a snatch single to a knee tap. Like, oh, oh, sky's the limit, dude. Let's buck up. Curtis blades. The only guy who's going to beat him. I just need to see more to feel confident in him. And ultimately I think what's going to happen with him is he is going to find that level at heavyweight where he can't pull it off anymore. And it probably won't be a like a big part of it being the size, but he is a, he will be slightly undersized and that will be enough to be like, I am ideally sized for this other weight class and Jan Blahovich sucks ass at stopping a power double. So I'm just going to go rinse that dude. And that's, I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to find his level this year sometime. Like he could be Pavlovich, by the way. I have Pavlovich above him based on resume alone. Because if you told me he went and did the same thing he just did to Shamil to Pavlovich, would not shock me in the slightest. So, but he will have to fight Blades. He'll have to fight Aspinall. He'll have to fight Goner. Nanganu, I guess, and or John Jones would be an awful fight for him. And once that yes, happens, yes, he gets checked. Yeah, once that happens and he gets checked, uh, unless he is just the best fighter we've ever seen and we, he just hasn't had to show it yet, uh, which we can't discount, then he'll be like, all right, time to drop down. And it'll be like when Daniel Cormier dropped. When for years, we had the same thing. We knew DC was was not a heavyweight. He's a light heavyweight. Like he wrestled at middleweight and he's a heavyweight but at some point he's going to drop down. And that was the whole impetus of the John Jones thing was we wanted that fight before it even really became a thing. And then it did happen. It's going to be exactly the same for Jailton. I think that to me is the biggest question about all of this, even after UFC 283, because I just keep going back to, is it 2007 anymore? 
Like, is it 2005 anymore? Can a guy Fedor size? Because that's essentially what Jailton is, right? Like, Jailton's yeah. 230, 235. That's what Fedor was. Fedor was out there beating monsters who were 260, 270, 280, whatever. Steeper was 240-ish or whatever. He was, but I would say he was he was a natural heavyweight. Like, Stipe never, to He's me, natural. occurred... To be he couldn't have ever made light heavyweight. His build was different, but yes, he wasn't like Can the heaviest who dude. Is that who is Fedor sized succeed against today's level of ultra talented, but also ultra sized heavyweights? Because that's really where the heavyweight elite is right now, right? You look at almost all of the elite heavyweights outside of Stipe, they're pushing 250, 260. That's that's just where the division's meta is right now. And I I, I wrote in my column on Sunday, I, I basically reached the same conclusion as you that. I don't think that he can. I, I think there is a glass ceiling here somewhere, and I do think it is exactly where you said, whether it's like a Curtis Blades type or a John Jones or a Cyril or something like that, and that once Jailson meets that, that will be the, the impetus for him to move down to 205, and I think he could probably win that belt pretty quickly. If he I will say this me, right now. He okay. has a 0% chance to beat Curtis Blades. That Z- is like, a nightmare matchup. Zero nightmare percent. Matchup. If they fought a hundred times, Blades rinses him one hundred times. Disagree. Disagree. Really? Okay. Disagree. Let me tell you something about Jalen. Give us the case. Two Two big differences between him. Well, one big difference between him and uh, well, first of all, number jiu-jitsu? one. Are you just about to number say one jiu-jitsu? is always jujitsu. You know me very well. Number one, jujitsu. <laughs> I knew that was coming. The gentle art. Okay, you know that's coming. Number two. There's a difference between him and Fedor and Stipe. This dude is fucking diesel. Like he is, he's gas to the gills, brother. Let me just say, looks I, good I, getting off I the bus. No, I have no. I, I, obviously, obviously I'm joking. I would never accuse a fighter of PEDs without any sort of evidence. I'm not saying that he is he is uh, gassed up, but he does have the physique of a 1980s uh, WWF upper mid Carter. That's all I'm saying. And 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 Jed, again, we haven't touched up. We haven't. We need to do our own show. We need to do like a separate show about this. Is like the, the athleticism question, right? Because athleticism, we keep saying, it takes you so far. Now I understand that's not an issue with Curse Blades. Curse Blades is also a really good athlete, so that's a, that's a definitely a problem. But one, I think, one of Almeida's strengths and what separates him again from a Stipe, from a a uh, uh, Fedor again. And I'm, I'm not saying those guys are, are slobs, but this guy has like jump off the page athleticism. Like I think he's of that tier. Uh, I, I don't want to say like A plus 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 like the absolute best athletes in MMA, but I think he's just a notch below. And when you combine that with the grappling, when you combine that with like his his just his instincts and and uh, the finishing ability of what I've seen so far, I am so convinced. I, I, I would give him a chance against anybody in the heavyweight division. I'm that sold. See, on what that's I've seen why so far. I don't though. I think his he is a great athlete, mm-hmm. but like depressingly is maybe not the right word shockingly maybe the top of the heavyweight division is actually populated by superior it is, it athletes it is now Cyril Gaon for sure Curtis Blades Cyril Pavlovich Gaon and yeah, I know not there all, all I am not athletes, confident Pavlovich athletes. is Pavlovich is a plus athlete I am not confident he is a superior athlete mm-hmm. Tom Aspinall is sure looking like he is a superior he's athlete he's a plus too. athlete like, as well correct yeah Blades is a superior athlete like these are dudes that are just like that's why I like if you told me he's going to light heavyweight tomorrow, I'm saying a thousand percent he is a future champion. Magomed Ankalaev is the only dude I think who I could f- have any level of confidence could stand up to what he is bringing to bear right now. Seeing no more tools in the box from him, just with that. But at heavyweight, there are five dudes. I'm like, maybe he could because maybe he's got depth that we don't know. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on it because they can match his athleticism and they are. 
large. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's like it's dope. Jalen Ramsey is a sick athlete. <laughs> I ain't no question. But Jalen Ramsey trying to tackle Derrick Henry coming down the blocks at you. One of those men is bigger than the other. <laughs> it's just how that works. If he knew if he knew uh jujitsu though. I'd give him a really good chance of taking him down. Oh, jiu-jitsu. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll say what's fun about this discussion is that, like, I think we all agree we want to see how far he can go, though. Like, you, you want to see him fight oh, Curtis Blades, right? At yeah. this point, you want I'm to see the Blades fight. On seeing how, yeah, yeah how I would love to see that, him fight Curtis Blades. I think he'd be the underdog for sure. Uh, well, then again, also oh, people, the, the people hate Curtis Blades, though, so maybe not. <laughs> I don't want to see that fight. I don't want to see that fight. I don't want to see him at heavyweight. I genuinely want Almeida at light heavyweight right now because I want oh, heavyweight okay. to come later. Like uh, this has been way. fun because mm-hmm. like it did. I just wanted to see him smash some dudes. I don't mm-hmm. really care what the weight class was. Now that it's like okay, there's something here. Very clearly, the weight class where he can make the most hay will be light heavyweight. I just want to throw him in there and see no, because if see. he's all if he's all that we think and he can win the belt. Then when he moves up, it feels more. It feels more monumental and more prestigious and more no. interesting and dynamic to the, me. No, see, I'm I, I am so deeply fascinated now to see how this can play out. Like I, this is basically a science experiment to me now. Of just yeah. can someone this size pull this off in 2023? <laughs> because the option's still there, right? Like just to play out your scenario, say he meets a Curtis Blades and it's too much. It's just the size is too much. Goes down to 205, wins the belt. Then the return is much bigger. If hmm. he's able to be that guy at 205 for a bit, and then it's like, okay, I conquered this. I want to go back to where we Maybe. started. And now I'm, you know, a better version. And I like I am all in on whatever that would be. That would be fascinates me. Also, real quick, as we've been talking, I've just been thinking about what, what's gonna happen next with this guy. And I think I have the perfect matchup. Do you want to hear it? Uh, uh is it is it Jamal Hill? No, it's not Jamal. <laughs> I'm just saying. Jailton Almeida minus two fifty favorite over Jamal Hill. Uh, yeah, and I'll say I picked Vol- I picked Volkov for Almeida next. Where did you land, Shaheen? Oh no! See, I want to I want to go complete opposite stylistically. I want to go with the man who whose jujitsu is entirely. I'm just going to kind of stand up, and it's going to work every single time. I want Derek Lewis. Yeah, give me Jailton versus Derek Lewis, who is like two seventy, who cuts to get to two sixty five, and who can just kind of stand up at any point in time when he wants to. Derek Lewis has the best jujitsu because it's not what they teach you. (laughs) Derek Lewis's jujitsu is I'm incredibly athletic. I will will make this bold claim. I will make this bold claim right now. He will not just stand up if Jelton Amanda gets him down. Oh, I, right I think now. that's not oh, true. I think, I, think I think he very much will just stand will up. He will not just stand up. I think up. Jailton will get the first takedown. He'll stand up. It'll be if Jailton can keep getting them, which he probably can. But Derek Lewis is uh man's just going to stand up. Shamil that's, stood up on that dude, and Shamil is not eventually good. he was he was he took a bit of punishment yeah. before. It wasn't like an easy yeah. stand up. Exactly. Eventually. Derek that's Lewis why that's will the pop right on him. Oh, just that's why that's no, the fight. Win, lose, or draw. Win, lose, or draw versus Spivak. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Win, lose, or draw. You don't care? No, yeah, I don't care. No one cares about that fight, period. You forgot that fight was happening. Just admit it right now. And, and it's happening. It's oh, our next event. That's coming if that fight happens at 3 8, 3 30 in the morning and no one watches it, did it really happen? <laughs> oh, God. Just, why are they making Derek Lewis fight at like 3 in the morning? No, if he loses to Spivak, then why would we watch Jailton? Because Jailton. If Spivak can take just you down, just for the intrigue you, of the standing up, 
I don't, they won't, because if he loses to Spivak, it's because Spivak took him down and he couldn't stand up. Do you think Spivak's going to win a boxing match with Derek Lewis? No. Assuming Derek Lewis wins, Derek Lewis is better. If he All loses right. Volkov. I also just want to throw this out since we're talking about him and I haven't had any place to put it. Uh, I think Jailton Almeida is just what we all wanted or hoped Phil Davis would be. And so we're feeling some sense of delayed gratification. I'm like, seeing no comparison between those two. <laughs> uh, they both they both look great getting off the bus uh-huh. and should have been unbelievable grapplers. And one of them has just been a dude, and Jailton has captured our imagination. Phil Davis at was never no like point, tr- was never at, trucking at people. No point. Yeah. No, in my life Davis have I ever a, been like, oh man, I, I can't wait for Phil Davis. That is no, not did, a, a thought when in Phil my Davis mind. was coming to MMA. It was. He was a three-time national yeah, champion. No, no, that's or, legit. That's like, legit. He, I yes. get it. Yeah, I get it. This was what right. we all wanted Bo Nickel to be. First, I Bo have, Nickel just looks like he's doing the shit. Just to push back against what you're saying, though, I have not once in this entire Jailton saga been like, oh, yeah, this is Phil Davis. No, I'm saying like this is what Phil Davis should have been. He's he's you're, the you're good on your own. Davis. You're on your own on this one. I'm not yeah, seeing, I'm a, I'm not seeing a style, stylistic career compared. I am not seeing it. Speaking of Jed on an island. Okay. That's oh, a great yes. transition. Perfect, perfect, what a, perfect. What a, that a great transition. That's this why they big, pay us the big bucks, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed right now that Damon's not also here to be able to join us with this because I kind of really wanted to do a big circle point and just like really, let's all get a jet on this no. because this was, this was just really. Come something. at me, bro. Um, so for the listeners, you guys can't see our individual ballots, but you will notice this month that uh, a certain Nurmagomedov at bantamweight, Umar Nurmagomedov. I love that you have to say a certain because there are many two. of them. There are yeah, two. You, of have, them. you have two on your ballot. Uh, I have two. You, I have you're, two going double ballot. The, you're going double Nurmagomedov these days. Well, when you can go double Nurmagomedov, you got to go double Nurmagomedov. I, I regret nothing. Uh, but yes, Umar made a big jump up the bantamweight ranks this month. Last month he was 13. Now he's number nine. He got a big win over Honey Barcelos. Uh, during this ranking cycle, so it makes sense. It could have been a lot more of a jump, but again, to peel the curtain back a bit, uh, there was a brief moment in time where Mr. Mishu here had Umar Nurmagomedov as his number one bantamweight in the entire world. Damn straight. Which I just heard AK almost have a heart attack even hearing that. I didn't we eventually. See that. Well, I, 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 I nipped it in allowed, the bud behind your back. AK. Why? I nipped it in the bud behind your back. Because uh, that's just ridiculous. You're not allowed to do that. We're, it's, there's, at some point, we have to rein Jed back for his own sake. And this was, this was the point. We Disagree. finally reached the point. Uh, so, you know, I'm just going to kind of open the floor to you guys. Can you explain yourself, sir? Uh, but, but Jed, before you go, let me just say. If I had known, if I had been part of this meeting, I would have had your back. I would have what had your back. Would you have? I, oh, I, I cannot ahead. believe you. Go first. You, go, first. go first. Go first. Go first. I cannot believe you I will just have turned back on here. me. I will have your back here, live, <laughs> not live, but with people, the, the, with everyone listening to this podcast, I will have your back. So go ahead. Go ahead, Jen. After our Jailton moment that we just shared, you turned on me so quickly. I cannot believe this. Did we share a moment? All I'm saying, oh, that boys, just cut me I, deep. Cut me deep. I tried to look through our Slack so I could po- find the message. I'm fairly confident. I just told everyone after or did that to how many Barcelos. Like that's that's the best band way. I'm going to put him there. I couldn't find the the receipts. But I think that was our DMs, and that was you and me. Yeah, I know. I think I put it to the group. I distinctly have the DM <laughs> yeah. of you being like. 
I am 80% sure <laughs> that Umar Medov would fuck up Alcho. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he would. Because <laughs> it's that's it. Like, I I want to be, I'm a trendsetter, Sheen. You know, I'm I'm the cutting edge of the rankings debate. And this dude is he's gonna have the belt, man. It is this is not an if, it is a win. It is coming. There, whoever it was that that said it, they're making Nurmagomedov medals with hands now. Oh shit! Watch <laughs> out, world! And like, because that is such a sick knockout. Look, Howdy Barcelos is a damn good fighter. He's mm-hmm. not a ranked He's a damn dude, good but we're damn talking a top twenty, top twenty-five guy has been through the ringer with some of the best guys in the division. You know, like he he's fought. He beat Saeed Nurmagomedov, who you have ranked. Like, this dude can fight. Chris Gutierrez, this dude can fight. And nobody, nobody has done that to him. He got ethered like vintage Lyoto Machida knockout style. If you told me that they were making Nurmagomedovs who struck like Lyoto, it's ball game, kids. <laughs> we're done here. We're, fighting has been solved. Pack it up. Nobody who's not in Dagestan can fight anymore because it's just a waste of your time. Ask what's up right now. Umar, he, he for years, for years they have told us he's the best one. For years, for years, Habib told us Islam's coming. For years he said that. And then get damn, damn straight he's coming. He came and now he is. He is here. And for all those years, they have said Umar is actually the best dude in this room. Habib is the best, but skill, talent, ability, Umar has the most of it. He is the best. And I'm not going to call them a liar anymore because betting against Javi Mendez and, and the Nurmagomedovs and Eagle MMA, that is that is a fool's errand. And I am not, I am no man's fool, Shaheen Al-Shadi. He is going to be the Bantamweight champion. It might not be this year because the timeline is tough, though I think he still could get there. Uh, probably not. Bantamweight has too many guys. He's it, it would require a, it would require a Jamal Hill sort of situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But his next fight is going to be a top ten dude, and the fight after that should be a top five dude. If you can find someone who will sign on the line for him, because ain't nobody trying to fight that dude. Because why the hell would you? Like he's. It may take him until the end of next year to get the belt because it, it is going to be a slog. But he, I got, I love Cheeto Vera, one of my favorite fighters going. Umar boxes that man up, and I feel real good about Umar just, just taking him to school. Sean O'Malley, come, come, what, look me in the face and tell me if you, if they booked O'Malley Umar tomorrow, that he, that Umar wouldn't be a minus 300 favorite and you wouldn't all slam money on that dude. Higher. Yeah. Like he is gonna bag him up. There are some more like Piotr Jan would be a fun fight. I'd still I I feel like Umar's gonna win that one, but Adrian Yanez is is also on the come up. But you talking that he's just the next guy. And I'm I may be early, but I am not wrong, is all I'm gonna say. Uh I say this as someone who has been who has had Aljamain Sterling as like very strongly feel about him being the number one bantamweight since the first yawn fight, even that ended in controversy. I had him I, with I, you. I was right there yeah, with you the I whole put, time. I put you Sterling and me, number one. 
You and me were yeah. the only and, ones and, holding and, strong and, for a while on that. Not, boat. not just based on that fight, but like he has, he has, Aljamain has a really, really strong resume at 135. Ex- incredibly strong resume at 135. I think I only briefly put Jan at number one after he won the Sanhagen interim title bout because it, it just didn't feel fair to like not let Jan have that spot because Sterling was out and, you know, and just have to wait until they could finally get back in the cage again. Then Sterling beat him uh, in a close fight and obviously he's been number one ever since. So I have been like Sterling is clearly number one at worst number two best bantamweight in the world no caveats i don't care about all the controversy around his fights um but umar would be favored if they were matched up within the next like six months umar would be favored both because people don't have a lot of faith in sterling as you know again we mentioned some of the screwy results to his fights and also umar has got the the most powerful name in mma uh, at the end, there. I'm not. Would probably not be favored. I'm just going to say that. I right think now. he will be. Fa- he would be favored. So I, th- I'm, I'm someone. I think that he might open as a favorite. Uh, I think that that gets is a pick'em. I think everything you said is true. His name and the general disdain for Sterling. I do. Sterling was the guy when I when I had Nurmagomedov ranked number one. Sterling was the one dude. I was like. Not a hundred percent sure that this is right, uh, but then I was going to do it for the bit because, like, moving him up from twelve to two doesn't feel as impactful. It's like that's the next dude I'm staking my flag right here, and then Shaheen Shaheen had a, had a talking to. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> it was really a. I'm looking at your rankings right now. Are you really doing this? Like, yeah. It's like I don't might have to might not let you do that. I was like, fine, I'll move him to two. So Umar's he's resume, two, but he's one in my heart is all I'm saying. His resume is really strong too. Like I like I don't think people have how good I his resume is. Like, Sergey Morozov can fight. Sergey Morozov can fight his ass off. Sergey Morozov, like if he hadn't fought uh I know he hasn't like dominated the OC, but if he hadn't fought Umar in his first fight, he'd be on a he'd have like a really nice run right now. He's he's he has a winning record in the OC, it's not like even at surface level. But if you've seen Sergey fight before the OC and then when you saw they were matched up, you're like, oh, this is some high level shit. And then if you go back and watch that fight, it actually was like pretty decent the first round. Yeah. And Umar's just better. Umar again, like we're saying here, might be the best 135er in the world. Um and he had and if you look at the resume before that, a lot of solid names, not household names, not like superstars, but he was beating quality competition before the UFC and now dominating guys in the UFC. Again, good names. Brian Kelher, Nate Manus is a good fighter. Um, and now Harney Barcel. So his resume is like sneaky, very, very strong. And I I I have him at number eight. I would I again I much like uh, Jelton I almost regret like maybe I should just just throw him up there higher because uh, I do that with your think vibes. he will be the champion soon like he is go that with your damn feels good. AK go yeah. with your feels I should have Jed I should I should have followed you I'm gonna I cannot corrupt. believe this I'm go ahead all of you to I do. cannot believe what I'm just listening to oh my god AK from you I uh-huh. see I expect this from Jed uh huh. <laughs> I don't expect this from you. I I am genuinely disappointed to hear this coming from you. Mr. Rules Rule. Mr. Uh Respect the Process. Mr. I'm going to keep Jorge Masvidal and Kelvin Gastelum and Conor McGregor in my rankings until the end of time for some reason. You Uh have Tony Ferguson in your top 10 right now because that's Uh the process, right? You have to beat the guy to be able to get the ranking. You're you're validating this? You're validating Putting I, Umar Nurmagomedov, whose best win is Jorge Barcelos, who is not ranked in our ranking system, as okay, the, the number win, one bantamweight. Did you did our, you watch that win? Go look at that win again because it was. Oh, no, no, no. Sick. Hold on, hold on. I'm talking directly to AK. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay listen. We were talking about resumes earlier. 
the names I just read off, Morozov, Kelleher, Manus, and Barcelos. Bantamweight is so deep. That's as good as like any, that's like right up there with whoever. Is it as good as Jamal Hill it, it is not. And I don't look uh, personally. Okay, I don't so have what are we talking Sneakly, about? Look, personally, I don't not, have It's him. not as good. Sneakily, Purion's resume. Uh, no, I'm saying having that name strongest. on your resume. Oh, well. Like Sterling. Like Aljamain Sterling does, the champion of his division, the number one More guy. technically Sean O'Malley. I'm just saying, AK, is there not something to be said for respecting the process? Even if you think Umar is the number one guy in the world right now, he has not even come close to proving that. Shaheen, I have I have questioned Jed before uh, in some of his decisions. I'm not saying I'm not going back on these criticisms. I reserve the right to criticize Jed Mashu as much as I want. And and uh <laughs> but listen, he was ahead of the game with some of these things like Islam no, for the longest time. And this, and, this, and this upset me. I have I have I have rallied against this. It upset me. He never gave Charles Oliver his flowers, except for like maybe a few months. That was it. I think he had Charles number one for like a few months. No. No, he didn't. Even. I literally he never had him. He, he literally did. just pivoted he from did. Dustin to Gaethje to, yes. to Islam. Like that yep. was and it. Umar does not have the resume of Islam, but I, I am with him on the if if they like he's good enough to be number one he the resume should matter this is unbelievable this is but unbelievable. And again this is listen we don't him and i don't agree 100 but by my metric again i don't put as much weight in you know will this guy beat this guy this guy this guy this guy that is not the deciding factor for me but it is consistent with how he does his rankings if anything shaheen i, I hate to say it i would be the one who's disappointed if Jed did not put him higher, because that would Just go did not because that would go against how he has done his ranking. So I'm not I don't agree, but he is consistent. This is consistent with how he has ranked for a long time. Being consistently I, ridiculous does not vindicate the ridiculous. It's still consistent. It's still it's, consistent. Look. We're talking here about consistency. We were just talking about how AK <laughs> intentionally bottomed out Jamal Hill for feels. Like consistency is key, Shaheen. I and I am nothing if not a beacon of consistency. I will never give Leon Edwards his flowers ever. Welterweight. Oh my god! Oh yeah, you have Hamzat number one. Oh my god! <laughs> may, I did, may, may never fight at welterweight again. We don't know. For for the listeners, I did. When when Shaheen was giving me a talking to offer to move Leon to number one if I could keep number <laughs> you, were, you were bargaining. You were bargaining. I tried to horse trade. He he did not accept it. Oh my god. AK AK, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. You should be proud That's of all. Jed. Is you proud of Jed for standing by his beliefs? That is the farthest thing from what I what <laughs> well, I'm feeling come, right now. Come talk to me in 2024 when this man is undefeated bantamweight champion of the world, and you're all just gonna have to. Then wear that it. will be the appropriate time to put him there. That's all I'm saying. He'll be two, he'll be two uh, division look, champion by then. Don't worry about all that. All I'm saying yeah. is, if we're Game of Thrones picking a champion to fight for my life, I feel real good with mine. Good luck with Aljo. Hope you have fun. Just wait if till I Henry Cejudo beats yeah. this guy in like two minutes or something. Oh, well, that's a, Cejudo isn't ranked because Cejudo would, in fact, I would have him number one if like I was ranking him because I think he's going to beat Aljo, oh. uh, assuming he still has anything remotely what he had at the peak. Uh, I would I would feel comfortable having him as the top anime in the world, but he hasn't fought in forever, and so until I see it, I don't believe he's fighting. So 
All right. We anyway, we need to get out of here. That's all we have for for us today on the ranking show. I need to I need to end this show before I throw my computer against the wall. God, Damon. I needed you, Damon. I needed you. Come back, Damon. Um, Thank you, okay. Love you, Jed. Don't love you guys right Friends now. Anyway. <laughs> that's the ranking show. We appreciate you guys as always for tuning in. Uh we got a short cycle coming up for this next one. We only have a couple weeks before UFC 284. That's going to be a fun one. Our two top pound for pound fighters in the world colliding Islam Makachev and Alexander Volkanovsky for the right for number 1. Cannot wait for that. In the meantime, keep it locked to the MMA Fighting Podcast Network. We've got lots of good stuff coming for you over these next coming weeks. Retirement of Fedor. That's going to be fun. I think we might have a little something special for that, too. In the meantime. I want you guys oh, to know, if Fedor wins, he will be my number one heavyweight, and you can't stop me. I, I Not only will I not stop you, I will fully support it. I am on board with it. Hey, that was the ranking show for Jed Mishu, for Damon Martin, for Alexander K. Lee. My name is Sean Oshadi. We appreciate you guys. As always, keep it locked to MMA Fighting, and we'll talk to you soon. Love you guys. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.